Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman alongside Jared Kimber looking back at all the events that took place at Headingley on day four of the third test match of the summer between England and New Zealand. And it followed a pattern that we're starting to know oh so well. You're listening to Following On. So, if you're listening to the show by now, you no doubt know England need 113 runs if they are to win the third and final Test match of the summer, and against New Zealand that is, and beat the Kiwis 3-0. New Zealand ended up 326 after Mitchell and Blundell. Have you heard of those guys before? Uh, Batted out the morning session. The afternoon session, though, was to see this match uh, swerve alarmingly back England's way. Daryl Mitch finally dismissed. For a sub-100 score. Uh, He was LBW Matthew Potts for 56. And the rest didn't hang around. Michael Bracewell, six and out pretty much. Tim Southey, bold. Uh, Jack Leach, who was on the way to picking up a tenfer. Wagner and Bolt, the final two wickets to fall. England set to 297 to win. And they set about the target with a scamper. Not quite scampering fast enough, Alex Leach who was sent back by Zach Crawley. Bizarre run out, truth be told. Uh, He went for nine. And when Zach Crawley spooned a catch first ball of Michael Bracewell's spell, just thought that maybe England might wobble. Puh! Uh, No such luck. If you're a New Zealander, that is. 51 for two became 183 for two at stumps. As Ollie Pope, 81 not out, going at a strike rate of nearly 80. And Joe Root, 55, just went crazy. Uh, And it means that England will, will win. That's about it. Um, But if you want to hear a little bit more in-depth analysis, uh, then uh, just stay tuned. Story of the day. So, Jared, for um, 
two sessions. It was great to see the return of normal test cricket where every round is chiselled from the rock face. Balls are given their due, given their due respect. Uh, bowlers still can't get Mitchell and Blundell out. And, uh, and then England came out to bat. And, I mean, it is incredible that we've got to a situation where, essentially, there isn't anybody in the world who, at any point, thought or thinks that they aren't going to chase down 297 on day four to stroke day five to win a te- game of test cricket for essentially the third time in a row. Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot. I think we need to put it in its proper context that New Zealand are completely falling apart, it seems. Yeah. That they kept picking the wrong team. I mean, they kept getting Jack injuries Leach, in their bowlers. When Jack Leach was spinning it out the rough and you're like, oh, well, at least you got Michael Bracewell to, yeah. to score 60 and then, and then bowl 20, you know, quite tight overs and maybe take a wicket or two. Exactly. So there's that. There's also the fact that these balls are going soft. And so the way that England is playing is probably being helped a little bit by, by the fact that these balls are going soft. And I can't think of three test match wickets in England that have degraded as little as the last three, right? So it's wind assisted. But at the same time, like quite clearly, they have decided on this form of cricket, which is kind of lunacy and could definitely and will definitely go wrong a lot for them. And yet, They've managed to pull it off against a decent team. Forget the fact that New Zealand don't know what's going on at the moment. Don't, they're not even sure what day of the week it is. Um, they're still a decent team. They're still, you know, there's stuff to go through Trent Bolt and, and Tim Southey, right? So all things considered, it's incredible that England have managed to get away with this twice. And I mean, look, I, I'm writing a script for a video I'm making. I've already written that they've chased it. Um, this is the third chase in a month. Right? I'm not. I'm not doing. I'm not writing that they're going to fail and they're going to go back and do it. I'm doing it the other way. I am assuming there's absolutely nothing can stop them in this chase. Even Jack Leach has taken ten wickets. I mean, what is going on in England where he's not allowed to bowl? Um, it, the, the technical stuff with him is quite interesting. You know, they talked about his short and run up. Um, it'd be great to get Gareth Batty's views on whether he's he's fixed some of the slight technical problems he's had. I'm guessing he is. Because the ball's actually moving in the air, which is not really a Jack Leach thing. So he's been getting drift. Uh, the pitch helped him as well. I mean, the pitch would help Ajaz Patel. <laughs> Remember him? Yeah, the pitch would help. Two overs. Yeah, two, the pitch. He's bowled two overs since you commentated on his tenth, his, his tenfer. Not in the match, listeners. Not not ten wickets in the match. Not best bowling in a in a match. Ten wickets. Ten wickets in an innings. And he's bowled yeah. two overs since. I think, yeah, exactly. But also, I have no problem with him not playing in this series. But then don't play Bracewell as a bowler. If you want to play Bracewell as a number six or a number seven and like have that all-round ability, I've got absolutely no problem with that. But if you're playing Bracewell as a bowler, Bracewell only found out he could bowl like three years ago. Bracewell was a wicketkeeper and a batter. He probably went to a new team and thought to himself, I'm captain now. I'm going to have to, you know, help myself a little bit more and worked out how to bowl off spin. He even comes from a family of off spinners, John. And before this series, he talked to his uncle, who was a very good bowler, like once about off spin. I'm just saying, <laughs> if you go into a test match with that as your number one spin option, compared to England backing Leach after they didn't in the first test, 
after we weren't sure about how he bowled in the second test. They've given him a lot of chance to get better. New Zealand have lost the plot. But you have to respect the the pressure that in- England have managed to put on New Zealand in this series, even if it does feel that New Zealand just keep, you know, stepping on right. Let's not forget, three sessions ago, New Zealand batted it, batted it out. They got to lunch with Mitchell and Blundell still there. Mm. You know, for the third match in a the row, they've, they've got themselves into a position where they just should not lose a test match. And no, yet I, they're going to lose a test match. Yeah, I think, I wonder how much of it is England. What's the best way of putting it? Both teams are quite similar in that you know if you can get past the number seven, it's going to get very easy. New Zealand look like they've got a lot of answers for England's top order. They obviously can't work out best at the moment. Stokes is putting them off as well. And then, and Root is obviously still Root. With New Zealand, it's like, it's almost like we should just auto-complete the innings until Mitchell and Bond will come in, right? But I feel like they can't even get on top the way that they should, especially Mitchell. He's really slow today. It's the first time I saw him and I thought, he's not batting the way he bats. He's batting a little bit to the fact that if they lose a wicket here, um, they're in trouble. Now, to be fair, they have a stronger batting lineup in this game with Bracewell, but I did feel that was the case. But that's the thing. England now have seen this this all the way through the series of, we just chip away, we chip away, we chip away. Yeah, we're going to get frustrated with the ball. Yeah, we're going to get frustrated with, the, you know, the fact that Mitchell comes down the wicket. Yeah, we're going to overpitch to Blundell until he starts flicking us through the leg side for four, right? All those things are fine, but eventually we will get through them. We'll run through the tail um, and we can put pressure back on them. That, it, you know, that script just seems to happen again and again. Yeah, and then they come out to bat and they try to score as quickly as humanly possible. <laughs> I mean, at every stage, I've watched England a long, long time and there are key moments in a game where England go defensive or play the percentages. First 20 overs, well, that's gone. Approaching any break, that's gone. Start of a new spell, that's gone. Wicket going down, well, that's gone. They're just, they're playing their test cricket like they're, like you said two days ago, like they're playing their one-day cricket. Foot on the pedal and essentially take the game to the opposition. And it's working. I mean, ideal opposition, I would say. When I watched, I was in Neil Manthorpe today. Uh, We did commentary of the uh, India Island game eventually. And when Joe Root ramp scooped, uh, Neil Wagner over his shoulder for six. I said, uh, what would Kagiso Rabada's reaction to that be if, if he tried it? Let's not forget, Ben Stokes did the same shot to Pat Cummins, who does bowl mm-hmm. nearly 90 miles an hour two years ago, three years ago. Um, so it's been done before at that very ground. But we said it as well, didn't we? New Zealand essentially are lacking all of the elements that you need to stop this ridiculous run scoring mm, well good, let, let, let's go back to the, a 90 yeah. mile an hour bowler or somebody could just bowl dry they actually don't have any suddenly they've gone from the team that have it all to a team that don't have anything once the new balls got old you you were talking the other day about the mike tyson thing about being punched in the mouth so yeah. you look at that joe root shot and it's funny because it wasn't that long ago well it was only a couple of weeks ago that uh, boycott was saying the reason England batters don't make any runs is because um, they they don't have a proper technique like Joe Root. They're all fascinated by white ball shots. And since then, we've seen Joe Root win a couple of games with white ball shots for England. Yeah. 
But you look at that particular spell, Wagner is, he's basically doing what we've told him to do. We have been moaning all three tests of like, when things aren't going your way, hang the ball wide, put a bunch of fielders out on the offside um, and ensure that you can control the game. And Butcher was on, on commentary and he's saying, this is a good tactic. Joe Root's going to have to come for this eventually. They've got the two slips, maybe a gully as well was in there. And you're watching this go, this is, this is working well. This could go quite well. And then eventually Root goes, do you know what? I could hit a couple of through covers here, but they do have a very stacked offside field. What they don't have is someone over the top. And if I play the scoop, I'm basically taking slips and gully out of occasion, out of the equation, maybe even the wicketkeeper in this case. Doesn't mean he couldn't have scooped it back onto his stumps or hit it straight back up in the air, right? There's all those things are available. But he changed the strategy from New Zealand with one shot. And that is the punch in the face, right? They finally went to the thing we've been asking them to do over and over again. If you, if you compare that to what Stokes did or what Mendes did or even what Bairstow did, their stuff was more, they just, decide, they just pressed the button as if to say, we're going to attack so hard that everyone's going to get put off, put off by us, right? That's not what Root does in the situation. What Root does is he goes, I could be caught in slips here. He's bowling to have me caught in slips. How do I make sure that he can't continue to do this and I make a lot of runs from it, right? That is, that is taking your white ball game and putting it in the red ball game without just attacking because it wasn't like he was slogging before then. He hadn't been scoring particularly fast for you know, that little while. It's just his way of completely changing the game. That's what McCullum did as a buffer, right? McCullum basically said to you, you can put four slips in for me, five slips in as much as you want. I'm just as much likely to be caught a deep backward point or third man or deep mid wicket, which means that you now have to work out how the best to use your resources for every other batter in the world. We know put a bunch of slips in, put a bunch of catches, maybe a cover and short mid wicket and, you know, a leg gully. How do you set a field for what uh, Joe Root has just done? That's the game changer that England are doing. And it is using that white ball strategy. And then there's Matthew Potts, of course. You know, you've got Jamie Overton who's playing a test. I'm not sure that it, the tactics they're getting him to bowl to make total sense. But, you know, Matthew Potts, it's at this stage usually that that first test, when you burst onto the scene and absolutely everything's gone your way, that's in a distance and everybody's now talking about, you know, the reality of test cricket. Mm. Um, but he's, he's bowling. He's bowling like a bloke who's got 30 tests, not one who's got three. Yeah, his last three innings have been so much better than what he bowled at Lords. I keep saying it, but I think it's true. I've seen a lot of people say, oh, he's a, he, you know, we know he's legit now. He'll be around forever. It's way too early to say that. He's still, it's a first, exactly the same thing I said at Lords, which is he has a bunch of skills that he's pretty good at, which are really handy at Test Cricket. But he, he still, for me, doesn't have one elite skill that he's incredible at. Maybe accuracy is it. Um, and if it is, he could, you know, then he could certainly be a good player. But I don't know if you saw his interview on Sky after yesterday's play. This is what I've been talking about. When I say the wobble ball has changed cricket, Matthew Potts, no one basically knew who he was, right? In the off season, he learns the wobble ball. Look at how quickly your fortunes can change if you can work out that ball. You watch him now. He's got that angle coming in, decent pace, decent control, he could swing it when he needs to, which is an important thing with the wobble ball. If you can do both, you don't just want to be reliant on the wobble ball. And he's angling the ball in, and occasionally it's dipping back in. Occasionally it's going dead straight, and every now and again it's even moving away. 
that's so hard to play if you have no idea what's coming. And it's taken what it what was a probably a bowler with a low ceiling and made him a bowler potentially with with a, with a you know a really high uh, roof um, you know going forward of um, where he can eventually go in cricket. The whole thing's so fascinating. But yeah, you have to give him. Uh, I mean, I, I think it was you and I were sitting together at um, uh, where were we last? Trent Bridge, and we was and and I was saying to you when he he had one bad spell. I said, "Is this it? We did we just see his best spell in Test cricket?" I think we've seen three better since then, which is you know incredible to think. And again, that shows everything's going right for England. Whereas they finally get you know New Zealand, New Zealand finally get Wagner back. I think when he bowled his best spell was probably early on against Overton and Bairstow. and uh, it didn't it didn't get what he he didn't get, well he bowled two good spells against Overton and Bairstow, couldn't get him out. You know, how many times have you and I just seen Wagner just absolutely bludgeon his way through uh, batting lineups? Moment of the day. You know, it's going your way when a batter gets out because he cover drives a ball onto his strike partner's bat and it's caught. <laughs> uh, but then you also know it's going your way when a, a batter is caught behind and the stand-in wicketkeeper catches a ball between his legs. You know, that's that's when New Zealand should have just gone, ah, oh, sod it. Ah, oh, crap. It's going to be 3-0. But even with Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum, the reset, basketball, I mean, even with all this brilliance, what was worse? Zach Crawley running Alex Lease out or Zach Crawley's shot first ball to Michael Bracewell? Well, it's funny you bring that up because, like, you look at, you look at that, those two wickets, those are two wickets you assume if you're having a chase of around 300 means you don't win. You've lost two top order batters. One, for, I, I still don't know who, whose fault it was. It, it seemed like Crawley kept going forward but was saying no, and Lee's just overcommitted. I, I can't, I, maybe it's one of those ones where it's like 60% Crawley's fault and 40% Lee's fault, or, or, or I don't know. I didn't hear, I didn't hear them play the, the, um, the calling uh, perfectly, so I, it, was, it was hard to tell. But it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> it was very bad cricket. And then Crawley's shot was, do you remember when Greg Blewett in the 90s used to get down on one knee and play a cover drive to the quick bowlers <laughs> with a flat bat, right? When, you know, if they bowled a real rank half volley outside of stump, it was like that, but out of the footmarks to an off-spitter, which is about the most bizarre combination of things you will ever see. And the way he bunted it up to the fielder was, uh, it was it was truly horrific. Uh, I think I think it was Ben Jones from Crick Physics he would definitely play in the next test and will definitely not play against South Africa. Um, I, I think that's probably right. Isn't it? They give Crawley one more test. We were not. Do you, what about the ball? He should have been bowled by Southie when it bounced over his stumps. And he looked like a child un, unaware of what had happened to him. Um, just absolutely all at sea. Um, I thought Lee's looked okay. I thought Pope looked okay. I thought Crawley could have gone out seven or eight times per ball. At one point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even Stokes can't, can't change what uh, what looks pretty horrific at the top of the order. Kuma Sangakara saying that Joss Butler should open for England. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, obviously no. But then it's like, well, everything else that they're trying is pretty much is working out. So, so the Kumar Sankara thing is really interesting. He did a, I think he did a pre thing yesterday or today. He's the first former player 
who I've really heard say, you know what England is doing may actually work, right? And it may. I still think it's unlikely to continue to work, but I get it. It might end up being a little bit more like, you know, when they had a million all-rounders and and some games they were the best team in the world and some games they didn't turn up. Um, It could be a little bit more like that. I don't know. But Sankakara was the first one. And one of the things he said was really interesting. He said that these guys grew up dominating cricket they dominate white ball cricket. And when they've got to red ball cricket because of the team and the way it's been played, they no longer play with that kind of arrogance and, and uh, attitude. And I looked up Alex Lees' strike rate. Strike rate in the West Indies was 26. Strike rate before the run out was 50. I, I don't know what it is now. Um, there's absolutely no doubt that, he, um, that he's gone back to what he used to be. And you look at him in first-class cricket, he always used to have an, a strike rate of 50. He had one drop-off where he didn't make any runs, and his strike rate drops to like 37, 38, and 40. So when he tried to rebuild his game, he did it by taking all the shots away. Looks like they're trying to build that back up. I, I think you and I both think the same thing, that there's, a, there's almost like a new coach bounce, and he's telling everyone how wonderful they are, and we're kind of not waiting for it to fail, but there has to be more to it than just him telling everyone that they're great and they should play their shots. Cause Darren Lehman did that. And Australia still lost a bunch of series as well. So the Sangakara thing sort of fits into all that. And I get it. And, you know, someone sent me a message on Twitter today about whether Jack Leach should open, you know, the uh, Crickviz theory of, you know, Chris Wokes batting at first drop, right. That we understand all that. And the same with Butler, but I have just spent a lot of time today looking at Martin Guptill's record. Aaron Finch's record, Jason Roy's record, and Alex Hales's record. Guptill was the only one of those who's probably a proper opener. Opener, the other the, in red ball cricket, the other guys batted mostly in the middle order. They're all incredible players. Not quite as good as Butler, but you're talking about World Cup winning players, IPL uh, top level players. Alex Hales maybe one of the best strikers in the world. They all were terrible when they opened the batting. I think Butler could do it almost anywhere outside of maybe England and New Zealand and maybe South Africa you could throw in there as well. But he's going to have to do a lot of opening in England, isn't he? And we've seen every time he's been thrown into test cricket, what's his strike rate in test cricket? It's, it's 57, 58. It's low. It's not impactful, right? Maybe this time McCullum just says, mate, just go for it and pretend it's a T20 game. I, I find that hard to believe. As a T20 analyst who's worked against Butler, I think, if you can get him in early on with a couple, I always wanted, you know, teams to have a couple of slips against him when I was the analyst, because I think he nicks off a lot. Um, that's going to happen a lot more with the red ball. But as you just said, they've tried everything else. So, you know, what do you do? Do you go back to Rory Burns? Is, is, do you, like literally Ben Compton's had one good season and there's a chance he comes back. Sam Robson, who I didn't think was good enough when he was dropped originally, looks like a better player now than when he was. Maybe he deserves another go. But, if you're going to take a risk and the way that they think at the moment, wouldn't them, you might as well take the risk on Joss Butler and no one else, but Hey, I don't know. It, it could be fun. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. Plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. What is going to happen tomorrow? So, England will wrap up victory at about <laughs> 12.40. Might be earlier than that if Bairstow and Stokes get in. I mean, it's just that, isn't it? England are going to win. What would have to happen for New Zealand to win here? Uh, it would have to probably... I suppose if they get a very early wicket, they get Bairstow in and the ball's still moving a little bit, uh, things are going to be different, right? And, and that's the thing about this whole new theory is when the ball's moving around, it's not as easy to play um, in this particular manner. But, yeah, I can't see how New Zealand win unless there's a very, very early wicket and you get Stokes and Bairstow while the ball's still moving around. Um, so, but so the way they're playing at the moment, they'll just run down the wicket and bash it. So basically, three early wickets is the only way, and then, and then yeah, another, have... and then another five quite early wickets. I don't think you need the other five early wickets. I think if you got those three early wickets, there's not. I'm not too worried about the. I wouldn't be that worried about that. The biggest problem is if it's not Bolt taking those three early wickets. Who is it? Well, I think. I mean, Tim Southey was averaging seventy five. He bowled a beautiful spell um, early on uh, in this particular innings, but I don't feel like he's about to uh, run through anyone. I suppose Wagner's short ball, especially against the tail. Um, I know it didn't work particularly well in the first innings, but especially against the tail, Wagner just coming in and bowling everything at head high for a little while, but you can't turn back to your spinner because I don't think they're going to trust him. So if they got the three early wickets, I think they could chip away and still win this, but I also don't see them getting three early wickets. No, no, I mean, England are going to win. I'm just looking, <laughs> I'm looking at Ball's face, and I think Mitchell and Blundell have maybe faced between them more deliveries than the entire New Zealand, the, the rest of New Zealand put together. It feels that way. In the series. 18, basically 1,850 Ball's face by Mitchell and Blundell. 300 from Conway, 250s for Williamson and Latham. It's not far off. Yeah. Um, right. Well, uh, 
We'll be Do you back. want moment of the day? We haven't done moment of the day. Yeah, moment of the day was um, Crawley. No, moment of the day is not Crawley. Moment of the day. Moment of the day is moments when... Moment of the day. It's three moments of the day because well, there's also Joe Root, Joe Root shot. Yeah. But the actual moment of the day was when New Zealand was so frazzled that they took two of the worst reviews oh, back to oh. back from Southie. South, that was the spell I was talking about a minute ago. Southie was bowling incredible at that point. And I was, and there was a crack. I don't know if you saw it, but there's a little crack and he was just hitting the crack over and over again. So accurate. And every time he hit the crack, it did something. And he was also using the wobble ball. So sometimes it was doing it off the middle part of the pitch. He was moving the ball away when he wanted to. And Joe Root played it brilliantly. He came down the wicket, he got outside the line. But it's like New Zealand didn't notice he was down the wicket and outside the line. And they reviewed two in a row. The first one was horrendous. Ooh, yeah. Um, and, and the fact that they went back the next ball. And then there was about, I reckon it was might have been the next over there was one that was actually close and they yeah. couldn't review it again. Yeah. And it wasn't out. I mean, they didn't make a mistake, but that was the one that was close. I don't know what was going on. And you could see Williamson coming in panicking. You could like, forget steady the ship. You know, it had capsized, right? Like he's running in going, guys, you know, what's happening? Uh, I can't hear you. What are you saying? And I'm like, well, don't listen to them. It's quite clearly not out. I don't- even, even that second one, even Southie was like, yeah, yeah, we're not, not, not going for that one. And that was the closer of the two they went for. Yeah. Mate, I've got to go. I've go. got to catch the train. Cool. That's the end of the podcast. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.